Hello Laker fans, welcome to the Late Late Show. I'm your host Matt from Lakers UK and for this episode I'm joined by Kenny aka Late Show Scoop. How are you doing mate? Hey I'm doing well, I just had a sip of my coffee so I'm caffeinated, I'm uh, ready to go. Ready to go, ready to go. Well um, you know I was actually eating some food earlier and I actually burnt my tongue so you're gonna have oh, to bear geez. with me whilst uh, whilst we're talking oh, but we 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 don't I, I don't quit because of that we don't quit because we're not we're, we're not the clippers are we oh we're definitely not the clippers <laughs> definitely not so. so we expect like we got that in quite quick we got that in quite quick so um obviously we're going to both preview the lakers western conference matchup against the denver nuggets yep. but first let's talk about them clippers the clippers are going to clip aren't they of course oh they blew a 3-1 lead against the Nuggets and have been eliminated from the postseason. Yep. Do you want to start or shall I? Uh, I mean, I'll kick it off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been living in L.A. Uh, for those that don't know, I've been living in L.A. for about 30 years now. And just growing up, I've always been a Laker fan. Uh, my uncle got me into it. And, and how could you not like the, the Lakers? Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, all those championships and everything that comes with it. And just over the years, just watching the Clippers and – I was, I wasn't, you know, I've never really actively rooted against them. I have wanted them to see them succeed, but it just seems like time and time and time and time again in the playoffs, they just always come out short. Um, when you look at 2015, they blew a 3-1 lead to the Houston Rockets. So it's just like in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, the Clippers are up 3-1. And then you start to see Denver coming back and you start to think, is this, is this possible? Are they really going to lose again with the team that they have. And it turns out they did. And uh, they've, they've got a long off season. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, it, it was funny looking on. Um, <laughs> it was funny looking on as a, as, a, as a Laker fan. But, you know, I think that when they were 3-1 up, they just needed obviously one game. That's how it works. And even yeah. when it went to a game seven, I was still mm-hmm. expecting you know, them to just just blow them away. You know what I yep. mean? So I think that, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, zero points in the fourth. Yep. Um, you know, in the second half, they had something like five points between them. Uh, that's just, yeah, that's Absolutely just... terrible. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. I don't... It's, it's not really acceptable, is it? Um, no, no, you know, no. I, I, oh, go ahead. Especially with the height that they that they, you know, provide and the hype that's been around the team. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. a, I am enjoyed watching it, but come on, if that was the Lakers and that was AD and LeBron. Yeah, I just saw Cole saying that was the best night of the, best night of the year or the season. And uh, to your point, the Kawhi and Paul George scored zero. Not only did they score zero points in the fourth quarter, but they combined for zero for 11 field goals in the fourth quarter. Uh, and you just you you can't have that from from your best two players, especially not in the postseason and not in a game seven of, yeah. of a deciding game. You just you simply can't have that. And uh, not to get into this too much, but I think a lot of people were saying that just the Clippers really didn't have that chemistry that everyone thought they had. Well, I guess not too many people thought they had the chemistry, but it just seems like the team as a whole they were just missing that chemistry piece. And as you can tell by the Lakers, what a team with good chemistry can really do, especially in the postseason. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, we won't say too much more on it. I will kind of <laughs> give my piece now. I just think that with everything that was said in the off-season when the yep. Clippers were like, we won LA, we won LA yep. now, I just think that if they won a championship this year, you would at least kind of hold your hands up and be like, okay. But they would have been what, you know, the Lakers have 16 championships. They would have yep. been like, what, 5% of the way of taking yep. over LA. That's it. That's if they won a championship this year and they didn't. And I've yeah. got some of the signs up here and uh, the, the, the billboards at the start of the season. Oh, just, my God. We, we, uh, we over me, streetlights uh, over spotlights, snarl over style, driven over given, all digs, digs, oh digs, digs. God. And I do think, you know, obviously I'm rambling on a little bit, but I just think the way – If you want to ramble about the Clippers, about, you know – about the, all that, go right ahead. We can the, the, dedicate a whole segment to that. That's the, 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 the way they've been covered this season is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like media members are in, are in their pockets. Like, you know what I mean? The, the way that every single time the Lakers lost a game in the regular season, it was literally like, well, they're not good enough. They're not good enough. And then when the Clippers did, it was, oh, load management. It's load management. Well, yeah. what were they load managing for? To bottle Seriously. it in a in a game seven because Seriously. what was the point in all that load management then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, t- to that point, really quickly on the billboards. Um, so I I live kind of close to the Lakers practice facility, mm-hmm. and when you take the one hundred five off ramp to El Segundo, and that's where the Lakers practice facility is, they yep. have a Clippers billboard right there. So it's just every time I drive there to go to the Lakers facility to drop ample amounts of money that I don't have on jerseys, I always see that Clipper billboard <laughs> and it, it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Man. So, and someone was saying this on Twitter that I saw is that when LeBron James came to the Lakers, he pretty much dedicated his, his uh, time in LA to really just carry, move the game on forward and res- respect the game and carry on Kobe Bryant's legacy. But I think it was, was it Paul George when he came to L.A.? He, the first thing that he did was uh, he did a Nike campaign and ba- basically said that um, this was his city. So yeah. you kind of see the contrast in the two superstars. And I got to go back and see if it was Paul George and if it was Nike, Nike commercial. If I'm incorrect, I apologize. Oh, was it, I, I um, that's what it was. Was it, did Kawhi do something with New Balance? Where yeah. he said, uh, this is my city or something like something that. Something like that. It was, it was yeah. one of the two. So. Mm, yeah, it, I just, just think see, that... Yeah, it's just, just, it's just one, one side of the coin. It's like disrespectful. And then the other side of the coin, you see LeBron James and Anthony Davis just really embracing the Lakers culture and really wanting to move uh, the game forward. So Yeah, exactly. Well, what we'll do is um, we'll, let's move forward and actually speak about teams that are going to actually play in the playoffs still, okay? Yeah, because, okay. Uh, you know, the Clippers, they're gone. You know, Lakers, Clippers, Clippers, get out of here. So mm-hmm. let's move on because we've got bigger and better things to worry about than, than the Clippers. Yeah. The next thing we have to worry about, because I think we do have to worry about, we have to take them very, very seriously, is Absolutely. the Denver Nuggets. And that's who we're playing. That's who is separating the Lakers and the NBA Finals at the moment. Sure. So let's start and let's kind of, obviously we'll get more in depth as we kind of, you know, go on a bit further, but let's accelerate it a little bit. And do you want to speak about the Nuggets' strengths? Is there anything that kind of jumps out to you that 
you know, maybe the Lakers should be a bit worried about anything that you've kind of seen um, with the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that I do want to touch upon, especially with the Denver Nuggets right now, obviously you got, you know, the two heads. You got uh, Jamal Murray that's been playing lights out in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I think he put up like two 50-point games in the first round, I believe. And then in game seven of the Clipper yep. game, I think he had like 40, uh, he put down a 40-burger. So Jamal Murray is definitely going to be the spark. He's motivated. He's hungry. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, you do have a very talented uh, center and Nick, Nikola Jokic that can shoot from the outside, but he's also a great passer. So I think one of the biggest strengths from the Denver Nuggets is their three-point shooting. Uh, in the postseason, Denver is number two in the in- entire uh, the teams that were in the playoffs. They're number two in terms of three-point uh, field goal percentage at 39%. So the mm-hmm. Lakers, they have to make sure to guard the perimeter. Uh, they got to make sure that they limit the turnovers and not let Denver get out in transition and, and hit that three because a lot of times in the playoffs when a team hits a three-pointer, that on a transition, let alone, that can really be a, a momentum changer. So the Lakers really have to make sure that they defend the three and if you take a look at the series against Portland and the Rockets, I think the Lakers uh, have done a good job in the series to really adjust to take away the three-point shots by some of these teams like uh, CJ and Lillard, Harden and PJ Tucker. So if the Lakers are able to limit the amount of three-pointers that the uh, Nuggets can get, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I, I, that's the first thing that came out to me was that three-point shooting. But the percentage was what I saw initially. Um, they're second in threes made with 187 as well. Wow. Um, and they're second in free throw percentage with 81.3%. So if, if they get the opportunity, they will convert, whether it's three-point looks, whether it's from the free throw line. You know, they, they, will, they will convert. Um, and obviously, out of the active teams, they're top. So obviously, they're leading all of the teams in, in them facets now. I think, like you said, we need to limit their shooting, just like we did with Houston and Portland. Yeah. I'm, we'll get into Murray and Jokic a little bit more in a moment, but I'm more confident with limiting that three-point shot through Murray than I am with Jokic. I'm a little bit worried with Jokic. I think we have the, um, the tools to, to combat him. But I just think that, like, that, I think that would be the main problem. I mean, Jamal, Jamal Murray is incredible. I mean, I was looking at a stat earlier, and I yeah. didn't realize this, but he's shooting 49.1% from three-point land in the postseason. That is ridiculous. And that, that, that's absolutely ridiculous. He's had two 50-point games. He's had two 40-plus point games. So, you know, the, the guy is one of the most talented point guards in the NBA at the moment. He really yeah. has come up leaps and bounds so i think that looking again at denver assessing them as a whole that they're obviously resilient you know to come back the way they have because they have people people are saying that they come back 3-1 against the clippers well remember that they came back 3-1 against the jazz as well if i remember in round one Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know they've overturned two 3-1 deficits in a row versus the jazz and the clippers which is impressive but can they carry on like that? That has to take a mental yep. effect at Absolutely. some point. And it, they can't just go 3-1 down against the Lakers and expect to come back. You know, that yeah. isn't going to happen. So, 
there's a lot of question marks. And before we move on to the players and go a bit more in depth, in the final two regular season games against the Nuggets, the scores were 121-16. That was the overtime win where Kuz hit that game winner. Um, where in the second half, I think Nuggets just put their second string team out. I don't think that was yeah. much of anything. But the game before that was 1-2-4 to 1-2-1. It's a very, very close contest. Yeah. Um, but in terms of... I think, it, they played... I think it may have been the uh, just the other way around, not that it really matters, but... Oh, right, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So yeah, really. I, think, I think that with... It, they played four times in the regular season and the Lakers have won three. Yeah. So I, I think, me personally, I quite like the matchup. I mean, we were just slandering them, but I did have a bit of an eye on the Clippers and I was thinking, mm, it's going to be a very, very tough series. But Denver, I'm not overlooking them, but I, I think their style, two very different styles of teams, Denver and the Lakers. But I think Denver's style does, does suit the Lakers. And I think that has shown through the regular season. So what, let's get on to Murray and Jokic a little bit more. What, you know, uh, well, what I'll do is I'll quickly bring up their stats. Yeah. So in the, against the Clippers, uh, Jamal Murray, this is, he, he averaged 22.6 points, um, 4.4 rebounds, 6.4 assists. Obviously he shot lights out from three, 46.5 on the series. He did, he did play 40 minutes per game as well. Wow. Nikola Jokic, yeah, Nikola Jokic, 24.4 minute, uh, points, sorry, uh, 6.6 yeah. assists and 13.4 rebounds, including 22 rebounds in that game seven. Um, you know, even he shot 35.2% from three-point land and 50% from wow. the field. So let's speak about them two. Um, you know, you briefly got onto them, but what, what do you think about how will the Lakers, you know, quieten them down? Yeah. It's really interesting. I just thought about this night, but looking at all the guards coming into the playoffs before even the playoffs started, you know, you would think about, you know, James Harden and Damian Lillard and obviously uh, Jamal Murray. Um, and I would, I would say pretty confidently, it's, it has seemed like Jamal Murray has played the best out of those uh, three guards. And who would have really thought that coming into the postseason? So mm. I think right now Jamal Murray is just, and the Denver Nuggets, they're just playing with a lot of momentum. They're, they feel they feel that high of coming back from three down 3-1 three uh, from the first and second round. So they do have that belief and they do have that mindset of, hey, even if we do get down, we're never out of it. So I would say with Jamal Murray, he's a very uh, smart, quick guard uh, mm -hmm. that likes, you know, penetrate and shoot from the outside. So I think the best bet for the Lakers is really to stick Alex Caruso on Jamal Murray. And Alex Caruso is very active on, on his feet and he has very active hands and he has that ability to really stay in front of Jamal Murray and really just be that pest on the defensive end and just really slow him down. When it's not Alex Caruso, I would like to see uh, KCP or, you know, Danny Green. I, I would say Danny Green would, my, would be my second bet. Um, okay. Sometimes he is inconsistent on the on the three point side of things, but however, as a defender, he is a bigger, lengthy defender that I think can irritate Jamal Murray and just really get in his face. So I think the the Lakers really do have to key in on Jamal Murray either by sending Caruso or Danny Green and just really ball ball him up the way that they did with 
Damian Lillard or James Harden. So I think that's going to be really important for them to be successful. Yeah, I, I think that. I mean, obviously, let's, you've gone on to Murray there. Let's speak about him first, and then we'll go on to Jokic. And I, okay. I, I, do, I do agree, he, but he's a small point guard. So I think sure. that, I think in terms of him being so quick, I think someone like KCP might be a little bit better suited. Um, I think it might, because KCP obviously putting him on Kawhi didn't work in the regular season because just no. Kawhi's so so goddamn big and long. But with <laughs> um, with Murray, obviously we can kind of take advantage of that. But because he is so hot, I wonder if like the hard doubles will work on him like we did with Harden. So as soon Ooh. as he gets the ball, kind of just suffocating him, getting it out of his yeah. hands. And then just rotate, 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 rotate as quick as we are, which um, I won't mention it, but that could potentially see a bit of a what style are we going to play? But that will come into we'll speak about that a little bit later. Yep. So I think that um, yeah, I I think probably Caruso, KCP, Green. Um, you've got J.R. Smith on the bench as well, who yeah. can come in and be a body as well. I know he's not playing well. But if you can come in for you know a couple of defensive possessions, but I, w- I w- it wouldn't surprise me if we doubled uh, Murray. Maybe not as much as we did Harden, like every single possession. But yeah. um, from time to time, I can see that happening. And then I'll transition over to um, Jokic. And I've seen uh, Jonathan in the comments was saying, "Oh, should we double him? Should we not?" My, my worry is is that like if we double him, he's actually got the vision to pass out of yep. a double team is elite sure. vision for his sure. position. And you've got Porter Jr., you've got Millsap, you've got Harris. And I know he hasn't done much in the playoffs, but you've got Troy Daniels, who we all know very <laughs> much as a Laker <laughs> fan that can convert. But I think as Revenge a whole, I think, yeah, I, 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 think, I think they're quite weak in the front court where we're sure. so strong. Um, I think Jokic can play front court, he can play perimeter. Mm-hmm. which is fantastic, but AD can do that defensively. AD can do yeah. that offensively. Yeah, I think AD, if Jokic just stays out in the perimeter and he likes to operate in the top of the three-point line in the middle, I think mm-hmm. AD would do a pretty good job in terms of guarding the perimeter. AD is athletic, he's lengthy, so he would do a good job on Jokic. But the Lakers do have to make sure – to not over, not over guard up on him because, like you said, that uh, Jokic is a talented uh, passer. So mm-hmm. we don't want to get so much into him to, and lock in and and uh, and not focus on, you know, Gary Harris. Gary Harris is in the world, or just like shooters on the side, or like even uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, we we can't give give this team open looks from uh, the three point line. So. Um, and then if Jokic decides to bang down low, I think uh, AD and Dwight Howard, they're more than capable of in terms of a, from an athletic standpoint to really make that shot hard for mm. Jokic and really just intimidate him down low. So, so either way, I think the Lakers on paper, this is a good matchup for them. They just got to make sure that they do play their game and, and focus and lock, and lock in from the very beginning. Yeah, because we've actually seen AD lock up not just Jokic, but the yeah. entire Denver team in the regular season, which is going to be huge. I think if AD doesn't want to bang with him all the time, 
we've got I think Dwight will be really important in this yeah. uh, series just purely because he's more athletic than McGee he's a bit more agile than McGee but um, I think that you know similar to what I said in the last series where it's like don't get into a three-point shooting contest with them right. the Lakers right. need to play their game they need to don't stand isolated move the ball take smart shots especially in the paint you know a lot of the Lakers success has, has come in the paint and dominate the boards as well and when they do get open looks remember like it, the Clippers had a lot of open looks against Denver and they didn't convert Right. This is where the likes of KCP, Green, Kuzma, Ma- uh, Morris need to convert. They need to hit them shots, um, especially if maybe AD and LeBron go a little bit cold. We need that supporting cast to step up. Um, so this is the question. Do the Lakers go big or do the Lakers go small? Or are, you, are we going to see a little bit of a mix? I think we're going to see a little bit of a mix. Uh, Frank Vogel has shown throughout the year that the Lakers have gone big and have gone small, and they've had success with both lineups. Uh, We really haven't seen a specific series where he only stuck to one lineup uh, until the Houston Rockets, where he pretty much went exclusively small. And when we say small, uh, we're talking about 80 at at the five, he's 6'11". So, I mean, Lakers small, it's some of the uh, normal size lineups for the rest of the league. But I think either way, uh, you can't go wrong with either JaVale at the five or Morris at the five. And the reason why I say that was a great stat by Joey Ramirez is that yep. uh, he said that when you have JaVale at the five, that is the, the best plus and minus lineup that the Lakers have had in the postseason is at JaVale at the five. Mm-hmm. And then the second best lineup is when you take JaVale out and you put Markeith, uh, Markeith Morris at the five. And that's yeah. the second second best lineup, second best plus or minus lineup. So I think whether or not they go big, traditional big with JaVale at the center, or if they put Markeith at the five and, you know, at the four, um, I think it really will come down to matchup and how the, the game is going, the flow of the game. Um, but I, from that, with that said, I, I think with Denver having a bigger presence in terms of Jokic compared to a six seven Tucker. Uh, we I believe we will see more of Dwight. And McGee, I'm thinking more of Dwight. Um yep. and maybe we'll get into that later, but why not just get into it now? Um because the Denver Nuggets, they're not a good defensive team. Uh more specifically, they're not good at defending the pick and roll. Um so we looked at us looked at a stat that um Jokic is one of the worst uh, pick and roll defenders. Uh, he gives up the most points per possession, especially in the postseason. So if you have a guy like Dwight Howard, that is a pretty good screen setter. If they could work that two man game, uh, whether or not it's AD and LeBron in the starting lineup, or if you have Dwight Howard and KCP uh, running the, the horn screen, that horn set with the pick and roll, roll to the basket, lob to Dwight, whatever that is. Um, I think the Lakers will have a good advantage. Because simply, Jokic is just not fast enough. He's not athletic enough to really go out to the perimeter to the, to defend the shooter. Or he's not quick enough to roll down to the basket and defend the paint. So I think uh, it's going to be important that the Lakers do attack the pick and roll. Yeah, I quite like the way that 
you've transitioned over to that and the way that we've transitioned in this conversation is that we can speak about Denver as much as we want. How are we going to deal with Murray? How are we going to deal with Jokic? How are they going to deal with the Lakers? Is the most important team. uh, The most important part, sorry, because I haven't got it up here, but the Lakers are like top or second in the entire playoffs in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, Mm -hmm. field goal percentage, pretty much across the board, really. I know we were talking about three-point percentage for Denver, but that's like one facet of like from a statistical standpoint. So, you know, how, how, how are they going to deal with the Lakers? And no disrespect to the Jazz or Clippers, you know, it may come across as arrogant, but it's just the truth. They're they're not the Lakers. They're not not as strong as the Lakers. They're not as tall as the Lakers. They're not as dynamic. We can check. If we we need to play small in this, well, small in this series, we'll play small. If we need to play big, we'll play big. Whatever. You know what I mean? If it isn't working with McGee, we'll put Howard in. If it isn't working with Howard, we'll play AD at the five. We'll bring Morris into the fold. You know, we've got a handful of guards that we can rotate through as well. And, you yep. know, I think that we showed against Houston, especially with Harden, you know, a, a historically lights out scorer. You know, yep. we, we give him a lot of rubbish, but an absolutely fantastic player. And he's set yep. a lot of records in the NBA that will stand for probably a very, very long time. And we wrapped him up. Especially and, his... Especially his uh, poor play in the, in the postseason, right? Yeah, <laughs> but like just like the Clippers, which might as well bring that back in. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that we got past Houston with relative ease, really. Yeah. Um, so I think that I, I, I just don't think Denver roll deep enough. I think they will be tired. With yeah. that, I haven't got it in front of me, so I'm going to fire it over to you. If you got the stats with the numbers of how long, oh yeah, of how long Jokic has played, Murray's played compared to the Lakers, yep. have you got that there? Yeah, I have it right here. It's fascinating. And this was via Mike Trudell. Shout out to Trudell. Uh, so Murray has played in the postseason 548 minutes. Jokic has played 527 minutes. Compare that to AD and LeBron. AD has played 349 minutes. LeBron has played 342 minutes. And obviously the big difference is that obviously you know that the Lakers uh, finished off both their opponents in five games. The Mm -hmm. Nuggets had to play seven games. But when you look at the difference, the combination of Jokic and Murray, they have played 384 more minutes than that of LeBron James and AD in the postseason. Uh, that's six and a, that's almost six and a half hours more tread, more wear and tear in the postseason from Jokic and Murray compared that to AD and LeBron. So even though we talk about how resilient the Nuggets are coming back from 3-1 in the first round and the second round, you got to think that on the other side of the coin is that this team is pretty exhausted. They're pretty exhausted. They're fatigued. Yep. So with that said, I think the Lakers, what, they got five or six days rest. Um, I think the Lakers are mentally in better shape. And over the course of a seven-game series, the Lakers need to take advantage of that and try to wear down the Nuggets, both mentally and physically. 
So yeah, yeah, I, I saw that last night. I was like, wow, that that is a huge difference in minutes played. Yeah, that that to be honest with you, I was really shocked when yeah. I saw that as well. Um, I obviously I didn't have the stat here, but I'm glad you had it there. Um, I think that of course they, they can be really tired. I'm a bit worried about the Lakers because in game one of the first round and the second round, they're very slow, very lethargic. Sure. I sure. think that we need to come out quick in this series, you know, take advantage of the rest that we've had for once, run yeah. out to maybe a quick 2-0 lead in the series, oh, something like that. Great. Yeah, and then go from there, really. But that game one is huge. You need to just go out, you know, suffocate them and just start as we mean to go on. Um, what yeah. we're going to do is we're well, going to open... Really quick. Yeah. Yep, go on. Really quick. So, so to that point, so... In between uh, the Lakers playing the Rockets and the Lakers playing the Nuggets, the Lakers mm-hmm. have had the same amount of days off. I think it was six days, six or five days off. And like you said, against the Portland Trailblazers in game one and also against the Rockets in game one, the Lakers came out and it just looked like they were rusty, right? Yeah. Uh, the, one, the one thing that I do want to point out that I, I thought that was pretty uh, interesting was uh, Brad Turner did point out that – while the Lakers only have one day to prepare against the Rockets, the Lakers have an extra day. They have two days to prepare for the Denver Nuggets. Yep. So hopefully with that, in combination of, you know, having vets like Jared Dudley on your team and, and Rondo and also LeBron James, they'll be able to get this team mentally focused to be like, hey, man, we can't come back. We can't come out in game one uh, lackadaisical. We got to this is a great opportunity. We got to come out. We got to fire. We got to set the tone early. So with that said, I really anticipate, I really hope that the Lakers do come out with a lot of energy right out of the gates. And if they do, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. And uh, just actually quickly, I've actually yeah. got a stat here um, okay. from uh, Tim underscore NBA, who I was mm. reading an article of his today that Phil on our group chat fired over. And yeah. they, they were talking about, not going to go on about this too much, but the Lakers playing big or small. And they said that in the Lakers, v, in the matchups against Denver this season, the Lakers are actually plus 34 when playing small and okay. minus 42 when playing big. Oh, which is a very interesting statistic. Holy. I mean, that doesn't take into context like who was on the court, who Denver had on the court at that point. It doesn't take into context who the Lakers had on the court, but that's a yeah. very interesting statistic uh, to take into, to take into note there. And um, well, um, what we'll do well, is we'll, we're going to, yeah, I will, I will note that. Uh, so you did mention the Lakers went three, one on the year against the Nuggets. The yeah. one loss that they had LeBron James didn't play that game. So okay. I think that's yeah. just something fascinating to point out something. No, not fascinating, but I think it's, kind of interesting to point out <laughs> yeah it's definitely it relevant <laughs> yeah um we're gonna open up the floor a little bit here and we're gonna take a few questions uh, i've got two from patreon members here it's fine we'll do it together okay. and uh i've got two from patreon members we're gonna prioritize these ones if anyone's got any more put them in the comments okay. we'll take a few but we'll definitely get the patreon ones in first don't have to spend tons of time on it but a man deep um said um, how do you think the Lakers will play Murray and Jokic off the pick and roll? I would think LeBron, LeBron and AD could switch in closing moments, 
But what about the other 36 to 38 minutes? What, is he talking what about from think? the offen- offensive? How, how are they going to play offensively against them or like defensively against them? Uh, let's say defense. Where is it defensively? I'm not sure. What about both? Okay. Uh, I think off- offensively, kind of what we touched upon earlier is that, like we said, Denver is one of the worst uh, teams in defending the pick and roll, specifically Jokic. So hmm. either if you have AD or LeBron in the game or Dwight and KCP or the second unit, I think the Lakers really need to take advantage of that pick and roll. Uh, either, well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Either um, have AD set the pick, have AD pick and pop for that three-pointer, or mm-hmm. if, they, if they see that they're late to, uh, they're late to switch, then uh, LeBron James has a wide open layup or dunk to the hoop. Um, mm. Or with, with the other side of the coin is if Dwight's in there, uh, we've seen so many times the, uh, the connection between KCP and Dwight Howard on the pick and roll. So uh, if we're talking about defensively, um, like I was saying earlier that I think that even if Jokic is out on the perimeter, uh, AD has the advantage that he is a lengthy defender. He is more athletic than Jokic. So I think it really comes back to the fundamentals of AD just moving his feet, staying mm-hmm. in front of Jokic, uh, guarding the three-pointer with his length of his arms, keeping his arms up. And if Jokic does decide to, to, to penetrate to the hole, I think Anthony Davis is quick enough to, uh, to stay in front of Jokic. If if they happen to uh, beat the Lakers and, and you see uh, Jamal Murray penetrating to the basket, I think it's going to be really important for that second defender, whether or not it's JaVale or Dwight, to really step up, step up and meet Murray um, in the paint to not allow him to have an uncontested un- layup. Um, I think that's very similar. So if that happens, the Lakers will need to make sure that when Jamal Murray penetrates, that if he does see, uh, you can't see this, but I'm actually pointing to my left and right. So basically, <laughs> we want to make sure that if Jamal Murray penetrates, we don't give him the, the free dish out to the wing for an open three. So that really comes, comes back to that rotation, the perimeter rotation that we saw against the Houston Rockets. So yeah, I think either yeah. way, I think that either way, uh, the Lakers are in pretty good shape in defending and either defending the pick and roll or taking advantage of the pick and roll on the offensive end. What do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, when I got first got that question through, I thought about it defensively straight away. I don't know why. Yep. I think uh, offensively, it'll just be LeBron AD, LeBron AD, LeBron AD, just pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. Every single, like, every single time we get the down. ball. And that, just wear that him is, down, wear down Jokic over the course of a, a series. Yeah. That's going to be a good the, thing. So offensively, I wasn't really that like bothered. To be fair, I I, I do agree with you. I think AD is agile to play in front of Jokic. I think that if Howard or McGee is on the court, preferably Howard. Mm-hmm. I know we said don't double team him, but if he's driving to the rim, Howard can take a step over and just provide that extra pressure. And then if he does swing it out for the three point shot. We've got guards capable enough to either intercept the cross-court pass, yep. i.e. Caruso, yep. 
or just rotate to get in the face of them to to contest the shot as much as possible. We just want to yep. avoid a Jokic, Jokic mismatch, really. Yeah. But I do, I do think that Morris could do a job. If if in rotation he's on Jokic, I know that he's like, what, three or four inches smaller, but he's yep. tough, he's rough. He could he could do a job, not That's all the rough. time. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, pretty much you said the majority, really. But we'll do another question, and then we'll get on to some predictions. So um, Fadi, who's a Patreon member as well, said, through the playoffs so far, I like this question. The um, Lakers have a different third man step up and take responsibility. Who do we think yeah. has the best skill set to step up against the Nuggets? Wow, that, that is a really good question. Do you want me um, to go first? or do you... Yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> so I, th- I think I, I like the Lakers' ability for numerous players to step up. You know, it's incredible to watch. Um, a lot yeah. of people think that the Lakers don't roll that deep. Um, I don't know why, but they quite clearly do. You've got KCP, you've got Green shooting near 40% from three in the postseason. You've got Caruso being Caruso. Uh, you've got Howard and McGee, you know, as well, that could, could do well in this series. Uh, Kuz, I hope, will step up. I think we're going to see more of playoff Ronda. Ah, Cole said mm. it just now. And I didn't actually see that before I said it, but I think we're going to see more of Ronda. I think Ronda as a facilitator in this series is going to be yeah. huge. I think him in the pick and roll running the offense is going to be absolutely massive. If if you can drain a few three pointers as well, yeah. that would be huge as well. Oh um, Who would have thought? Yeah, thought? I think right? Ronda. <laughs> Who would have thought Rondo would be your savior? I mean, I like like I, like we were talking about last night. Like I really love Rondo's um, the cerebral way that he approaches the game, right? But um, we've seen him this season and previous that sometimes he uh, he sometimes when he's on the court he uh, he he is a liability at times. So, but he has been playing uh, lights out since he's. Uh, been in the postseason so Mm -hmm. the legend of playoff rondo lives and (laughs) and it's strong it's it's well and strong um so you know i i think like i mean what vogel said the third man against the rockets was their defense i think that's what he said right my memory is not that great my memory's not that great nowadays that made sense (laughs) yep but I think we do have that flexibility. I mean, we do have nights where it is going to be Kuz to step up to score 18 points. It is going to be nights when it's KCP knocking down three out of five, four out of five three-pointers. Uh, there are going to be nights where it's going to be um, Mar- Markeith Morris. He had a mm-hmm. lights-out series against the Rockets. Oh, um, probably like, probably one of the best players the best. outside of LeBron one of, and AD, yeah. One of the best. What I will say from uh, if I had to choose one player, I think uh, it's Kuzma's opportunity uh, in terms because he is an athletic uh, four or three that can um, really he's a pretty good finisher around the basket. So the Denver Nuggets is actually uh, one of the worst teams in transition defense. So if the Lakers can get out on transition quickly, I I can see uh, Kuzma running running the floor and really getting those layups that he got in, in the last game that they played in the bubble against the Nuggets. So I think Kuzma does have the ability, um, especially if he just stays within his game with the catch-and-shoot three-pointers, 
We have seen in the postseason that whenever uh, Kuzma catches and shoots, he does better. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be him. Defensively, can I have a defensive third player? I, I think yep. it's going to be well, Alex, Alex Caruso. He has been a game changer. We've seen that uh, time, time in, time out, that when Alex Caruso is on the floor and when Alex Caruso does get minutes, the Lakers do get better, uh, do play yep. better. And this has been a trend in the whole, in the whole season. So I think Alex Caruso definitely has that ability to be that um, X factor on the defensive end and really just being hopefully being able to be a pest uh, against the likes of Jamal Murray. So Yeah, I think uh, when I was looking, Caruso is leading the Lakers in defensive rating throughout the playoffs. So that just goes to show his defensive defensive impact. Um, What we're going to do is... We're going to get close to wrapping this up now, and we're going to get into some predictions. Before we do that, I saw this yeah. earlier, and it needed a mention. Um, uh-huh. Is the 2009 playoffs with Kobe and the 2020 playoffs with LeBron? Uh-huh. So in 2009, Kobe beat the Rockets in the second round, uh-huh. beat the Nuggets in the conference finals, and won his wow. first ring in Orlando. Wow! Fast forward to this year, Yo, the I Lakers have just I, beat. I, I, I got to get off this IG live. I got to tweet that out right now. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, and then right now, the Lakers have just beat the Rockets in the second round. They're facing the Nuggets in the conference wow. final. And LeBron is, trying, LeBron is trying to win his fourth ring in oh, the Orlando bubble. Wow. You just gave me chills, man. You just gave me chills. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah, what a, I just wanted to say what's up to Hoops Department. What's up, my guy? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what, we, what we're going to do is we're going to wrap this up now. So let's get, give us a prediction. Give us a, oh. a quick roundup prediction to the point. Um, Lakers, Nuggets, Western Conference Finals. What's going to happen? I think at the end of the day, I am confident that the Lakers, this is a matchup that they can win and should win. So if I were to give a Prediction, it's going to be Lakers in Lakers in five. Oh, right. So my, my previous predictions for round one and two have been six, and I've been okay. wrong, obviously. Um, do I stay with that and try and go third time lucky? I don't think so. I, <laughs> I, I had this down before we did this. I'm going to go with the same as you. I think the Lakers in five. I think if the Lakers are firing on both ends, I don't want to underestimate Denver because it will be tough. We we can. I I think there really is the potential for this to be five. I'll go Lakers in five. Yeah. And yeah, and don't get me wrong. The Lakers can't come out and take this team lightly. They can't. They got to have that mindset of, you know, every – Every game is a must win. They, you gotta mm. have that. You gotta have that mindset coming out. I don't care. It doesn't matter until you have 16 wins under your belt in the postseason. Every game is a must win. That that should be the attitude that they should approach every single game. Yeah. And if they do exactly. that, if they do that, they'll be in really good shape. Exactly. Uh, so let's uh, let's see what happens. So that yeah. I mean that's that's everything. Let's wrap it up. I really appreciate you coming yeah. on it's a pleasure as always absolutely man appreciate yeah. it yeah. yeah and uh just before we do go 
I just want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon members. We've got Amandi, we've got Fadi, we've got both Jonathans, Benjamin, Massimo, Cole, Adam, Phil, and Steve. Your support is much appreciated. And if anyone's interested in supporting us whilst unlocking the full Lakers UK community plus perks, visit www.patreon.com forward slash LA Lakers UK. Okay, so if you enjoyed the show, guys, please be sure to tell some of your Laker friends about it. You can find the Late Late Show on all major podcast platforms. Um, be sure to follow Lakers UK over on Twitter and Instagram under LA Lakers UK. Go and follow Kenny as well, Late Show Scoop. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Both platforms is an absolute must follow. So do go and give them a follow, guys. Sure. And um, be sure to check out our website, um, LakersUK.com. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time, guys. Yep. See ya. Peace. See ya.